When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarl. And today I'm joined, as usual, by Scott McDermott. We're going to be discussing all things Rangers and everything that's gone on in the last week, including the 5 0 victory at Ibrox over Aberdeen, the news that Lauren Shankland is being watched by Rangers, just got a Scotland call up today, of course. And finally, we'll take a look ahead to the Europa League tie against Young Boys, formerly Young Boys of Bern, but apparently just Young Boys now. <laughs> Am I showing my age there, Scott? <laughs> uh, young, I thought they were Young Boys of Bern as well. You never hear no. Bern get mentioned now, do you? So, Aberdeen, an incredible performance, Scott. I was on the live blog, watched the whole game. Really, really impressed by Rangers. I mean, let's face it, Aberdeen were ropey as, you could, as they come. They were absolutely rotten. Derek McInnes tried to do what he's done before, which is stick nine men behind the ball with one man up front, try to hit on the break. And listen, see before the start of the game, I wrote on the blog, Conor McLennan, um, Niall McGinn and um, Ryan Hedges, that's players with speed, with with power. And on the break, they could be difficult. They could cause problems, but they didn't cause any problems whatsoever. Alan McGregor barely had a save to make. And Rangers were just irresistible on the day yeah. uh, particularly the way they looked going forward Greg Stewart dropping inside from the wide position Shio doing the same Alfredo Morelos putting in a kind of performance that we've not seen for a while because he was dropping into the number 10 position a lot of the time yep. and, and that left so much space and ultimately Aberdeen just didn't have an answer for all, all the movement and they didn't know who to, who to track ultimately it could have been more than five, Scott. It could have been ten. Yeah, I mean, I, only, <clears throat> I didn't see the game live, Johnny. I was I was away last week, um, away at the weekend, but I've watched the highlights, obviously, you know, read a lot about the game since. And, listen, it was a depleted Aberdeen team, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Derek McInnes was right in the sense that <clears throat> they did lack a bit of experience, obviously losing Considine on the day of the game would have been a blow to them. However... You're right, I mean, the, the, the starting 11 for Aberdeen was still decent. You'd have still expected them to perform better. But Rangers were just in kind of irresistible form. No, they're, they're in a really good place at the minute. I thought Steven Gerrard picked the no the right team. I'm not saying he doesn't do that often enough, but he, he really did pick the right team for that particular game, bringing Katic back, no, bringing Greg Stewart in. Uh, was really clever in terms of... No, not just with being against his old club, but no, that playing him, basically playing Greg Stewart in the position where I hoped you would see him a lot this season. No, a lot of people criticised that that signing. Um, a lot of people saying he wasn't good enough. No, couldn't get a game with Aberdeen. But no, anybody that's watched Greg Stewart over a number of years would realise <clears throat> that his best position isn't as a winger, isn't as an out and out striker. But if you can just get him in those pockets of space, you no know, coming off the flank, that kind of inverted winger role, 
that, that Scott Arfield's played very well for Rangers. If you can get Greg Stewart into those kind of areas, then uh, he can be a really dangerous player, really creative. Um, he'll be that kind of link man, middle to front. He'll come up with a killer pass on the on the edge of the box, and of course uh, get goals. So it was it was good to see him finally get a chance there, and you no, know, he grabbed it with, with both hands. But listen, Rangers. I think Rangers proved on on Saturday, irrespective of Aberdeen's injuries, that you know, in terms of quality, in terms of strength and depth, a squad, you no know, Rangers and Celtic obviously are now on a on a different level. I mean, I, I think it was a couple of months ago when you no know, Fraser was in your chair. We were, talk, we were talking about the league in general, about Rangers and Celtic maybe running away with it and we thought that would be the case and we look back I think Gavin was here as well we look back to the last time Rangers won the title mm-hmm. in 2011 and you no, know, even I was quite shocked that Rangers and Celtic at the top there was a 30 point gap to, to third place you know, that's when those two were at the kind of peak of their powers if you like and it certainly looks as if uh, it looks as if it's going to be that way again this season Let's touch on some of the action within the game James Tavernier scores two penalties Yep we discussed this last week, whether it was time for him to have a think about stepping down, passing on the baton to Alfredo Morelos, at least temporarily, yep. because that was two big misses and two big Europa League games. And uh, he stepped up, he did what the captain should do, took responsibility, crashed at home, yep. and he celebrated like a madman, which showed you, I think, the pressure he was under. Listen, fair play to him, because uh, it would have been easy for him to say, you know what, I've, had, I've missed two in the spin... No, I'm, I'm a right back after all. I'll give it a no. I'll give it a centre forward or a midfielder or, or, or whatever. Uh, we know he had that chat with Stephen Gerrard when uh, no Gerrard basically no put the ball in, in Tavernier's court and, and left it up to him. Um, and obviously, as captain, he's felt no, no. I'll be confident taking the next one. But even saying all that, no, you're only what was it twenty minutes into the game? The first goal, twenty, yeah, 20 minutes, minutes into the game. No, against Aberdeen. Big pressure game. No, he'd, he'd have been feeling it running up, but no, he actually looked confident. I didn't think he looked confident when he missed the the one in Europe. Um, but I thought he looked a lot more confident this time. And of course, once the first one goes in, that gets the confidence kind of no, going through him again. And no, he tucked the second one away, away as well. And at that point, it looked like Rangers could go on and win the three or four by the three or four goals yeah. that they did win in the end. It was really, really stark the difference between the two sides. Rangers had a good few chances after that. They get their second on 40 minutes. It was exactly 20 minutes between the goals. Um, And it's a terrific cross by Tavernier. He gets an assist. Ball into the box. Greg Stewart, really good header. Not um, a guy you would normally associate with being decent in the air, but he's surrounded by Aberdeen players. I think he's... Eight Aberdeen players in the box when the cross comes yeah. in. Only Sam Cosgrove. You look at my Twitter. I've taken a photo of it. Only I Sam Cosgrove just that. in front of the box. It was a, a, a pretty strange setup, and he gets there, and it's a wonderful save by Julius. Yeah, a sensational, world class. Turns it on at the post. But what was impressive was the appetite, the hunger, the anticipation of Stuart to get there like a poacher. Yeah, and then of course it's the old Alan McCoy celebration. Did you notice that he does the old legs up? I uh, did. I but McCoy did that at Celtic Park. Is he that right? Did, uh, Coca Cola Cup. Yeah, listen, I'm pleased for Greg Stewart. Um, I've interviewed him a few times. He's a he's a good guy, really talented, and you're right. I mean, I th- that's the good thing about him is that he has got 
no a kind of goal scoring instinct in him. That's how he kind of made his name when he was younger, scoring a lot of goals at, at Cowden Beath. And I mean, this is a boy that's no, that's had kind of real hardship in football in terms of being released. By, I think it was at, I think it was at Rangers as a kid, then get released with Hearts and had to no, he's had to fight his way back. Everybody knows the story about him working in the the Grangemouth oil refinery when he was still trying to make his make his name in the game. So, listen, he's going to grab this. Yeah, I'll try and grasp this opportunity um, as much as he can. Playing with playing with Rangers, he probably thought the chance had passed him by. Um, but he's got that. He's got a goal scoring instinct in him. But his main attribute is you no know, being creative in and around the in and around the box. And I say I thought that's why it was a perfect game. We all know how stuffy Aberdeen have been against Rangers um, in the last certainly last season when Rangers struggled against them, struggled to break them down, even at Ibrooks. Um, and as soon as I seen the team on Saturday and seen that Stuart was starting, you no, know, also looked at the midfield, Arfield being back, been back in midfield. I thought, no, just that feeling Rangers would get a would get a few goals, and that's obviously the way it turned out. You think Gerrard's managing has scored well? That is not the first time we've had a player come in from the colds and and perform. I think so. I mean, it's, it's, they've got a big squad. As it. it, it <laughs> It's hard. I mean, he's got to find this balance. We've spoken about it before. I don't think he wants to necessarily rest players. I don't think he wants to change the team totally for a European game or a league game. But he knows he has to make subtle changes just to keep people ticking over, to keep it fresh. No, keep guys. No, keep guys in reserve if you like. If there is bigger games coming up, so it's a real fine balance. I think. Um, we all know he got it wrong against Celtic. That will be his big regret. It will still be, you know, irking him to this to this day, no doubt. I mean, you you're talking about Alfredo Morelos. Earlier. I mean, it's incredible now to look at Morelos and think Rangers left him out in the Celtic game. I mean, it's when you think of that, the forum that he's in, the you no know, the torrid uh, times that he's given defenders every week. You no, know, to think Celtic's defence got it so easy. That day, with all due respect to, to Jermaine Defoe and his performance, um, but it is incredible now to think that Morelos was left out of that that game. How, uh, how do you view that game now, Scott? Because he's been a bit of time and a bit of distance to to look back upon it in context of Rangers' performances since, and of course Rangers' performances before. It's eighteen games, one defeat. It was that one game against Celtic where they just didn't really yeah. start as if they were at it. That continued throughout the whole game. They looked off the pace. I think, but listen, we discussed it at the time. I think the the change of shape was was wrong in terms of uh, Aribo, you know, getting out wide. But I don't think people exactly knew where they, where they were supposed. Certainly, he didn't know where he was supposed to be or what runs he was meant to make. Um, no, Celtic got up against the four. It was far easier for them uh, than it would have been against Morelos. I mean, listen, there's other factors that Rangers just didn't play well on the day. I, I suppose that's what, that's what I'm driving at. Do you think you look at it now, in context of what we know, as just a bad day at the office? I think so, because there was a there was just a lack of intensity about it. Uh, a lack of getting Celtic's face. I mean, listen, I think Celtic did throw them slightly by the way they played. I mean, we, we all sp- speak now about the you know, kick-off, just launching it into touch at the corner and Celtic basically saying, right... No, come and play, come and play through is that no that kind of high, high press. So I think that threw Rangers slightly. I don't think that's the way Rangers would have expected Celtic to go. So there was other kind of mitigating circumstances. No, he 
even just simple things like when Glenn Kamara came into the team and just didn't play, didn't play well. He he played terrifically against Celtic towards the end of last season, but on that particular day, didn't really didn't really turn up, and that's that's why he went off. So, but no, getting back to our original point, irrespective of how badly Rangers played on the day, having Morelos as the the focal point, given the form that he's been in this season, no, I'm not saying the result necessarily would have been different but it would certainly have given Celtic something to think about um, I mean tactically I say we went over it but with Celtic pressing high Rangers needed an out ball to, no, to beat that press and Jermaine Defoe is never going to give you that he's never been an, an out ball um, no, unless you're going to try and play it in behind where you need lots of space Rangers needed Morelos to hit to get them out, hold it up, bring others into play, as he did on on Saturday. Obviously, when he when he dropped deep, um, I think he's added that to his game. Yeah, I've said before on here. I think he's improved. I mean, I probably uh, no took a bit of slagging even off of you at times when I suggested. No, when he first came in, I didn't think even when he had that great season, I didn't think technically. No, he was that brilliant. I thought. Others were, were better. I thought he was an out-and-out goal scorer, but he could improve technically. I actually think he's better now, uh, whether that's working with Gerrard or you know, Michael Beale or, or whoever. He's got he's a few tricks that he's absolutely superb at, like rolling the defender. Yeah. He's very, very good close control when he's going up against the defender, when he's tight against the line, whether that be the byline or the or the yeah. sideline. He always seems to be able to get past the defender with a little move. It might he be does. a wee nudge or a wee flick. Or yeah. A, or a wee drag, he always he, seems to get he, there. He uses his backside well, which yeah. is good for any any striker. He's got that, he's got that brute strength. Similar to us, Scott, with the fives. That's it, aye, definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, well, you anyway. Uh, no, I think he's added things. I mean, the, the clips that I've seen, uh, obviously, in the highlights for Saturday, that, that dropping into space, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he had that in his game, to yeah. be honest. Um I don't know if he was technically good enough to you know, to drop off the front, take it in, you no, know, play it wide, play one twos, getting basically get involved in, in build up play. I didn't think that was going to be his game at all. Uh, as I say, whether it's Gerard that's responsible for that, or the coaches, or maybe just Marielos himself. I mean he look, I know people have talked about the discipline quite rightly. I mean he just looks as if he's properly buckled down this year. No, got his head right. No, there's no, there's no been any, no theatrics or going to tantrums or no red cards or whatever. He just seems to be so focused on his game and he's adding bits to it every week, and he just looks as if he's getting better and better. I've got a theory on that, and it's just a theory, folks. So don't get upset. Well, I know you're going to get upset anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sometimes the way that you learn is through adversity. And listen, Alfredo Morelos is not a Rangers fan. He was brought up in Colombia. So this is a stepping stone for him to get to the highest possible level so yep. he can look after his family back home and have a great life himself. And for me, the thing that will hurt him more than anything else is the fact that given the season he had last year when he scored 30 goals, he couldn't have done really much more. He didn't get that move that I'm sure he would like for his career. Yep. Now, you might love it at Rangers, but I'm sure he would like to move for his career at of some course. point. And maybe that is what's made him really look at to him, within himself and say yep. there's things in my career there's things in the way I go about my business that I need to change because they are holding me back what I'm doing on the pitch isn't holding me back in terms of goal scoring 
yeah. or there's other elements here and I need to screw the nut and sort this out. Yeah. You saw he missed out in the Copa America as well, which would have been a big kick to the head. Yep. Ten strikers were put in at Carlos Queiroz's provisional squad and he wasn't one of them. The combination of that, the discipline elements and the fact that he's missed out of his move, I think that's a really tough lesson for a young player. And I think that, in my opinion, would be the key to this form that he's showing now. Yeah, and, and also... No, let's not beat about the bush. He, he wants to go to the Premier League in England. That's I think that's ultimately where he'll end he's, up. He stated he keep, that. Yeah, yeah, if he keeps progressing. But nobody knows no, nobody knows better than Steven Gerrard what's required to, to play in the Premier League. So if he has had a, no, a proper pep talk where I'm sat down with him at the end of the season, discussed the kind of things you're talking about, no, you need to listen to Gerrard. If Gerrard's saying to him, listen, trust me, you're not going to get a move to the... Premier League, you're not good enough yet. No, they won't put up with the, the discipline. No, maybe a couple of clubs have spoke to Gerard. I don't doubt clubs would have sounded Gerard out or sounded Rangers out about what he's like, no, in and around the place, no, spoke about the discipline. If Gerard's made it clear to him, listen, you're not going to get the move if you keep going the way you're going. And also, I think, no, allied to all that, I genuinely think at the end of last season, after he got the red card at Celtic um, and Gerard then left him out after the ban, I think that would have given him a real, a real kick up the backside. Um, to think, as you say, you know, he scored 30 goals, but then even when you're available, no, you're left out of the side. Jermaine Defoe comes in. No, he doesn't just come in at that point. He came in and started scoring and playing really well. And you know, All of a sudden, Rangers beat Celtic with, with Defoe in the, in the side. I think Morelos will have looked at that as well as the things that you're talking about and, and, and said to himself, no, I need to change here because there's been a, no, there's no doubt there's been a clear change, no, a tangible difference in his, in his behaviour. I've got another theory, Scott. Football manager, you play as a kid? Yes. Whenever you brought in an experienced player, you could go into that player and have a wee chat with him. And what I always used to do is I used to go <laughs> in and say, Listen, we've got this young star, he's a cracking talent, can you bring him under your wing yeah. and look after him? And whenever I see pictures of Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo Morelos together, be it a training or celebrating a goal, there seems to be a special relationship there. They, they connect on Instagram, There's, I think he called him his, his little brother yeah. in one post. But it seems to be like a really nice sort of big brother, little brother dynamic going on between the two of them. And if you think back to Morelos' previous strike partners, there was no love lost between him and Jason Cummings, for example, don't think. Yeah. Uh, certainly didn't connect well together on the pitch. Uh, last season with uh, the, the various players that... that uh, not Sorry, not last season, but the season before, players like Eduardo Herrera and people yeah. like that coming into the, into the squad. Windass as well for a spell. Windass. There was never that sort of connection. Um, you wonder if maybe having that guy who's 36, who's been there, seen it, done it, at the very top level, maybe giving him advice, telling him, look, if you do this... This is going to be what happens to you. If you do that, it's not going to be I, so good for you. I agree. I think that's had a massive impact on him. I said that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I'm talking about Steven Gerrard having Premier League experience and knowing what it takes. I mean, Jermaine Defoe knows even better because he's a he's a striker who you know, performed at the highest level in the, the, the Premier League for a number of years. So there's no doubt in my mind, you're right. You know, seeing the clips... Um, no, I said on here before but when no Morelos or when Defoe got his hat trick, Morelos came on and scored a couple of goals against Hibs. Um the two of them, no, kinda of warm embrace at the end as as Defoe picked up his match ball. I think there was a clip at St Johnson the other week, Morelos on the bench applauding Defoe's 
Defoe's late late goal. So clearly they got on really well, and there's no doubt in my mind that um, Defoe has taken them under his wing, and that will probably have come for Gerard. That would be one of the reasons why Gerard would have been so keen to keep Defoe for another for another season. Um, and I genuinely believe it's it's had a big big impact on Morelos. Uh, the football manager tip. It was, was it no champ manager? Champ, well, champ manager when I played. Cha- champ manager, but then it evolved into football manager, Aye. and that's where it is now. But uh, as much as I loved that game maybe 10 years ago, it's just too complex for me now. Same with me. It, it used to take maybe four or five hours to do a season. Now it takes four or five hours to do pre-season. Aye, it's so it's detailed. No, too detailed for yeah, me. I, Hello, Keith Jackson here from Fergie Time with Barry and Keith. Now, yes, that does sound like a podcast for caravan enthusiasts and late Windermere, but it's not. Each week, Barry Ferguson and I are going to get to the bottom of the latest headlines in Scottish football. Subscribe now to Fergie Time with Barry and Keith on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. I'm exactly the same. The, the old champ manager was the best. Yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. wasn't it? I remember uh, Tonton, Zola, Makuku and uh, Cherno Samba and all those Ke- guys. Kennedy, Bakir, Sioglu oh, playing up front. So many Brilliant. hours wasted to aye. that. Yeah, yeah, the Turkish... You know he had a decent career in the Bakir end. Bakir Sioglu, yeah, I yeah. did. Aye. Was, it Ajax? was it Ajax? He was at Ajax, yeah, yeah but he, he never quite hit the heights. Anyway, yeah. I digress. We've already <laughs> digressed massively from the point. Back to the Aberdeen game. <laughs> Borna Baric swing, swings in a delicious cross for the third goal absolutely terrific he's on fire at the moment the best, best run of form you said on this very podcast you, you called it correctly you said I wouldn't bring anyone in the lad needs a run of games now after the Feyenoord game he's had that and he's delivering yeah and I also think he still needs a run of games I think he's in no he's in the midst of a run at the moment no, he's in really good form, but I think the key thing, and I think it will happen, is that Steven Gerrard says, listen, you're in for the next five to ten games, even if he does have a poor game, because he will have a poor game, every fullback's going to, have a, going to have a bad game at some point. The important thing is, if you do have a bad game, you'll be in the following, you'll be in the following week. That's what Barisic needs now, an injury-free run of games. It helps that the team are winning and playing well, um, but the cross for Morelos' goal was absolutely top draw and that's exactly the kind of crosses that he was producing for Osijek when Rangers when Rangers played them in the, the Europa League qualifier and no ultimately what I think Rangers said at the time that it wasn't to do with the qualifiers that they'd already spotted Barisic. I'm not quite sure that that's that that's the case. Well, Mark Allen's gone now, so exactly. say what you want, say mate. Say what you want. Uh, <laughs> no, I think they looked at him in that game, yeah. seen the problems that that he caused Rangers uh, and and listen that that cross on Saturday, as I say that that's that's what got him the move. You no, know, that kind of delivery, that whipped ball into a you no know, a really dangerous area. But it was the it was his confidence in doing it. You no, know, he collects the ball for Stephen Davis. There's no checking back. There's no sorting his feet out. There's no head down. It's just take a touch and whip into the box. Perfect sort of cross that's what you do when you're when you're confident you no know, and you're not thinking about stuff and you're just doing you no know, then the the things you're good at naturally previously this season if you watch Barisic the first game of the season at Kilmarnock was a perfect example I said before on here he was getting the ball with his head down he wasn't even looking for a forward pass he was wanting to pass it back way, uh, backwards or sideways all the time 
his deliveries from set pieces and open play were these kind of high floating crosses and that's what you do when you've no confidence if you're a fullback or a winger and you know you need to get the ball into the box you, when you're low in confidence you play it safe because you just chip it into the box chip it in you just think I'm putting it into an area I don't want it no, going behind the goal or whatever. You just want to put it in and it but goalkeepers were coming out and collecting him. Now he's got a bit of confidence back and that was shown with that passage of play on Saturday. As I say, one touch, ball at his feet and whip in for, for Morelos to score. It was it was superb. It was a good header. Uh, Rangers continued to press forwards. It was like the Alamo there. Aberdeen yep. were really, really struggling to get out at any point. They got their fourth when Greg Stewart was fouled. Stephen Davis, by the way, who deserves a mention, he absolutely ran the game. He was absolutely brilliant. In terms of uh, his space, he had all the time in the world because Ferguson and Campbell were dealing with all this movement by Stewart and Ojo. They didn't know who to pick up. That left Stephen Davis there. (laughs) And he he just had all the time you could want to pick out passes. And some of his balls over the top were just pinpoint accuracy yeah. and this was a terrific one in for um, in for Stuart. Stuart I'm pretty sure it was Davis actually put it in yeah. I might be wrong I might be making a fool of myself here I'm <laughs> well, pretty sure l- it was l- Davis listen I've only seen the highlights but I mean, they, everything I've heard was that Davis just ran the ran the game and listen I actually fe- felt when I was watching it I actually felt a bit sorry for Lewis Ferguson and uh, Dean Campbell who I think are two no, really good mm. young players, really good young Scottish players, central midfielders, Ferguson in particular, um, I've raved about before on here, um, but I felt for them, and they're pretty much on their own against a three-man Rangers midfield, no Davis and, and Arfield. And I was saying this in the blog, Scott, and then I thought to myself, but you know what, these boys have beaten Rangers at Ibrox before when they've been in the team. Yeah. You know, that was the midfield against uh, Rangers in the Scottish Cup replay. Yeah. However, and that's a crucial difference, they had Graham Shinney in beside them. That's what I was going to say, but the one in there is a two. I mean, I say in there is a two, obviously, like Hedges or McLennan would be, would be trying to help them in there, but they're essentially wingers, yeah. which basically means they're in there against Rangers three. No, they would have probably tried to go up against like Jack and Arfield, but that then leaves Davis all the time in the world to to run the game uh, as he as he did. Um, but for no, for those two young boys, what a great learning experience it will be for them. Um, no, even just the simple things like I think it was Ferguson that lost Morelos for the for the headed goal that, that Barisic puts in. Although why he's picking them up, I don't know. Is that maybe just a, a sign of how well Morelos did dropping into to midfield so that he drops in, Ferguson picks him up, but he's then got to chase him into the box. I just thought that example, and i seen Lewis Ferguson chase him back, it'd have been a tough, tough day for him and him and young Campbell, but you know, for Scotland's sake, one, you would hope that they would learn from and, and, and they'll get better. That, that's a great point, because that was one of the things that came across most from this game, was just the general confusion in Aberdeen's ranks yeah. about who to pick up and when. So yep. that very well, I think, is is the probable outcome of actually what happened there, that they said to Ferguson, right, you, you start picking up Morelos because yeah. he's, he's dropping in deep. But that was all over the pitch because you're expecting Stewart to start out wide right, come in on his left foot, but he spent most of the game in the number 10. Yep. Ojo started out left, coming into the right, and then there was no one there to necessarily pick up. And yep. Ryan Jack was going to the right, and he was coming in... Um, and coming back inside as well, so it was it was really really difficult for Aberdeen to know who to mark and when, and and that that showed um, all the way throughout the game. So 
Tavernier uh, scores the penalty after Stewart is brought down. 4-0 at that point. Um, Rangers bring on Jeremy and Defoe and play him there with Morelos in a two. Um, with I think uh, the Colombian striker was sort of pushed out to the right a little bit more. Yeah. But it's still the two of them came on together. And predictably, because we know Morelos doesn't really like to play in a two, Rangers <laughs> lost their shape for the only time in the whole game and it just went a bit... Right. It went a bit wrong for about 15 minutes and, uh, well, you know, 15 minutes, probably about 10 minutes. And then Gerard made the change back and then Rangers took control completely again. Yep. Great goal by Jermaine Defoe. Ball drops on the ball. I think it's a slight deflection. Scott Arfield sort of tries to play the ball through. It comes off the Aberdeen, the Aberdeen defender. player that put it through, I think. Loops right? up and over, yeah. And uh, Defoe's there. It bounces just in front of him. But Joe Lewis is, what, six foot six? So that, that was the amazing thing about the finish. I mean, listen, it was a subtle deft finish anyway but I mean when I was watching it back I'm thinking how is he get it over loose and back down again no to lob loose from that distance to get it up and down it was incredible I mean I, listen I don't know whether Joe Lewis had extended himself fully when trying to get it I think the, the, the finish took him by surprise as well and obviously I don't think he was expecting that kind of ball through because it's come off the Aberdeen boy, that that's how it's transpired. Um, but in terms of the four, no, just he's sniffing out a chance, no, realizing that something's going to fall his way. He's on it before anybody else. And then, as I say, that 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 little deft finish to get it up, down, and in for that, uh, no, for that range was was brilliant. That's twenty-two goals, Scott. We're right at the start of October. How many goals do you think these two can end up on? Morelos and Defoe. Aye, come me. Listen, I think Morelos is going to play the majority of games um, for the reasons we've spoken about. I don't think Gerard will make the same mistake again as he did against Celtic by leaving him out for the big games. Um, I certainly think Morelos will be, will be well on track to get 30 again this season. Uh, Surely you I mean, would imagine that he, he would be aiming for higher than that given yeah, the amount of suspensions. He will, he be, yeah, he will be. I mean, you, you wouldn't be surprised if he goes through. But I think in terms of a marker, no, because it's what he did last season. And certainly, I, I always kind of when I think of top strikers in the Scottish league playing with Old Firm, you're going to get loads of chances. You think back to McCoyst and Larson and all these people, Chris Boyd. Um, no, the proper goal scorers. I always think thirties the kind of watermark. Thirties yeah. where he should be, where he should be hitting. Morelos did that last year. He wouldn't have beat that. No, if he had to take the penalties off Tavernier, who knows what he might have, what he might have hit. I mean, he did, he did a, another hat trick basically on uh, on Saturday. So I think thirty will be his target. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes through that. And Defoe, no, in Defoe's mind, it, no, he's probably known at the start of the season that Morelos is going to start most games, a lot of my stuff's going to be off the off the bench. I think as a strike, he'd have been saying to himself, if I can get 15 goals, I'll be doing well. But, but he's got nice. That's, that's what I'm saying, actually looks as if he's going to, he's going to get by that. And, and I mean, if Jermaine Defoe could get 20 goals, effectively coming off the bench for Rangers, it would be a, an incredible incredible return for a guy no, at, 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 at his stage, or at that stage in his career. Uh, yeah, they certainly look incredibly sharp. So Stephen Gerrard was delighted in the after-match uh, press conference, really happy with the team, and uh, it means that they go into this tie against Young Boys in real buoyant mid. And conversely, Young Boys, well, they won 3-2 against Sion, 
uh, in their in their game at yeah. the weekend. And the yeah. first first time they'd won in a few weeks, so is that right? Well, they've not lost a game so far this right. season. They've had nine games and they've drawn four and won five. Right. And they're second, and they're not. I think they're only a couple of points off the top. Um, but the key thing for Rangers is they're missing eight players. Right. Uh, they missed eight players in the three-two win, and those players are not expected to be back for Rangers. Plastic pitch, Scott. Always going to be difficult. But to be fair, in terms of European teams, Rangers will have more experience of that than most, and more comfortable with <laughs> it than most. I was going to say, I mean, perversely, with the European, uh, with the plastic pitch for an away European game, Rangers over other teams in the group and Rangers over other teams in Europe probably uh, have an advantage over them going to Bern to play in a plastic pitch because they should be so used to, to playing on them in Scotland um, because we've got we've got four in the league here so I don't listen they'll not be happy about playing the plastic pitch they never are no, Stephen Gerrard's um, spoke at some length um, about you know, how much he dislikes them and you know, his opinion on uh, AstroTurf in general but I don't think they'll be going over there worried about about playing on it, no worried about the surface, how it's going to affect their performance. They've they've done it so often now in Scotland, um, they'll know exactly what to expect. I know all AstroTurfs seem to be different. Depends on whether it's, I don't know whether it's, what is it now, 4G, 5G or no, hybrid or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure, but... But what I do it, know, Scott, is that the way these pitches look and the way they actually are is quite different. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I was on Livingston's pitch recently. And I, I walked across the, so the, the centre circle. And actually, if I'd been playing on that in a in an eight-a-side game or like these kind of pitches that I play yeah. on, I'd have been going, oh, this is lush. This is this is good. Now, you might have a different opinion, but I, I thought it looked a lot better and it felt a lot better on the on the feet than you would expect. And it certainly it looks on the, on the TV so, picture. It's softer than you expect. Whether that's a necessarily a... A good thing for players, I'm I'm not sure because the bounce is always different. That's yeah. that's the key thing, isn't it? But I, I actually I walked round the Levy pitch last week uh, after the Aberdeen game, and it was softer than than I expected, um, but almost too soft. If that makes sense, you don't want it. You don't want it to be you a hard. You're taking your socks and shoes off. <laughs> you don't want it to be a. You don't want it to be a solid AstroTurf. No, yeah. you want a wee bit of giving it. Of course, but that that actually felt too soft to me it, yeah. it felt totally different to, to grass it's obviously f- it's funny because you remember the English league when they introduced AstroTurf pitches back in the 80s yeah, with Luton and, with Luton and, rock, yeah, rock, and it was rock solid so yeah. it, was, it was effectively like playing on red blaze or concrete yeah. and the way the ball bounced but now what we see with these 5G or 4G pitches is the ball doesn't bounce as prominently as it would yeah. so it's kind of halfway in between these these two extremes yeah I think listen I think the key thing for Rangers in terms of the game and I've said this before about AstroTurf pitches when they've went to Kelly and Livy and that here, is that it, it takes you, it does take you 10 minutes to get into it, I think, to, you know, to find your feet, for want of a better expression, on that on that surface. Um, I think when Rangers have went to Kilmarnock uh, on several occasions, if you look back at those games, it's taken Rangers 10-15 minutes to really get into their rhythm and get into their, their stride. Now, the, the key thing when that's the case, especially with a big European game like this, is no, don't take any chances well, in the first 10 minutes. Let yourself get into the game. Let yourself you know, feel your way into that, that surface. Don't, no, don't try any silly 
passes, like no, you look at a pass last night for for Arsenal's goal uh, for tw- Twin Zebe when he plays a silly, no silly square pass, and don't do that. Another good example on. of that was Ryan Kent at Kilmarnock. Exactly. And after the game, Stephen Gerrard said, "Look, we have a strategy for these games, and it's you don't play that square balls like that because yep. the, the ball runs slower. You're not used to the run of the ball, and if you don't put enough purchase on it." That's, they're going to intercept it. That's the thing, following on from what I'm saying, the first ten, if you look back at those first 10 minutes of the games at, at Kelly, and I'm sure it'll be the same uh, at Levy and, and maybe even Hamilton, it's the it's the way to pass. You're right, it takes you 10 minutes to get to find out what the way to pass is going to be like, whether you need to zip it into feet, whether you can play it normally and it'll, it'll travel normally. No, I've found watching Rangers at Kelly the first 10 minutes, a lot of passes will be under hit, and it takes them 10 15 minutes to realise they're going to need to hit it a bit harder than they, no, you would normally do to get it into somebody's feet and, and, and not being cut out. And Kent was a prime, a prime example of that. Um, so, listen, Thursday night, they can't, no, can't take any unnecessary gambles. I think if they can get through the first 15 20 minutes, as I say, find their feet in the surface. Um, I think as a game Rangers can go on and win and, and they'll fancy their chances of winning. They've you know, they've performed really well away from home in Europe uh last couple of years. Maybe aside for the, the rapid Vienna game at the end of the last the last group stage, but they've proven that they can go away from home and cause teams you no know, real problems on the on the counter attack with, with with their pace. Um and I'm sure they'll look to do that again. But I think Gerard's message will be no, going over there to that pitch, um, as I say, don't 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 take any unnecessary risks in the first first fifteen minutes. And of course, a draw is still a great result because having won that first game against yeah. Feyenoord, it gives you that breathing space that you can go to these away games and get a result. And a result's all you need. You don't need to go and actually win. But given the there's eight injuries. Rangers I, might I be think thinking, well, I, this is a great opportunity. I think Gerard will, will fancy this in terms of. Well, getting six points on the board. I mean, they started the the Euro campaign well last year, uh, getting a you no, know, getting a really good point in Villarreal, and you think, no, oh, right, they're on their they're on their way, but ultimately don't get out of the group because it goes a bit haywire towards the end of the, the end of the section. After that brilliant result against Feyenoord, I think Gerard will be looking at and think if we can get six points on the board, then you no, know, they have got a real have got a real chance to qualify because they'll feel as if they can pick points up after that, especially in the home games. I agree. No, if they come out, if they come away with a point, it wouldn't be the worst result. But I think you'll be looking at it. No, you're seeing young boys have got injuries. Rangers in a real rich vein of form. Morelos on fire. No, away from home they look. Rangers look. If you look at the qualifying games this year, like Mitchelland and that, they look. They'll set up as if they can go away from home and, and play that counter-attack game really well. And the other factor is the next two games are against Porto, who are the best team in the group. Yeah. So you could find the other teams have caught up by game five, which leaves you under a lot of pressure. And Rangers actually have form in this sort of type this type of group situation. I remember they, they won their first game, then they beat, uh, I think it was Monaco in the Champions League. They had six points after yeah. two games. But the next two games were against Galatasaray, who had only just won the UEFA Cup and were a top, top side. They lost both those games. And then match day five, all of a sudden, there was a bit of pressure. Can it back, in not it? That yeah. was the problem. And 
that's always a difficult one. So if they can get six points, as you say, it means there's less pressure to go out and beat Porto, who, let's be honest, you look at Porto on paper, they've got 18 to £30 million players throughout, yeah. throughout that squad. Um, that Five million players are players not getting in the, in the team. Yeah. So that tells you everything you need to know about the quality that they have. Also, just in terms of, no, with all due respect to Hamilton and me more than anyone has spoke on here about know how the league has to be priority for Rangers, know the bread and butter, know beating your Hamilton St Johnsons and Livies and that that's no that's what Rangers need to do this season if they're gonna go and uh, compete for a title. But Gerard will look at it and think, no, they've got young boys, then Hamilton at Ibrooks, a game they really should no you'd expect that he he would be able to make some changes for that game and still and still win it, and then you've got the international break. So it'll, it'll just have his eye on you know, getting to Monday. If they could get six points in Europe, beat Hamilton at Ibrooks, they would get into that break in a really good place. Um, and he would hope that obviously players would come back feeling feeling fresh, ready to go again after the after the international games. Um, just on that, Scott, there's been obviously a significant. Um, improvement. I saw a tweet uh, today from um, at Adamski152 who's a podcaster and occasionally puts out the odd graphic and it showcased Rangers against uh, last season. So 18 games played last season they won 9, drew 7 lost 2. This season they've played 18, won 15 drawn 2, lost 1. Yep. Last season 33 goals this season 44 scored. Last season conceded 12, this season they conceded 8. Last season 8 clean sheets, this season 12. So ev- across every Everything metric, improvements massive everywhere. improvements. Yep. So that Rangers, what, you know, have, sh- have shown that they are in a lot stronger yeah. position than they were. And that, that's, that ties in with what we said earlier in terms of the Aberdeen game. Rangers now been on a kind of different level um, in terms of the squad, strength and depth. And real quality, um, and that's where you need to praise the manager um, because no, he's not won a trophy yet. That will always be the thing that he's measured upon. Um, he knows that better than MD. He's got he's got to win trophies, but the one thing you cannot uh, no you cannot hold against Steven Gerrard would be a lack of progression. Um, I think you're right in every department since he's come in. Rangers have made real, uh, real progress. Aside from the stuff that is kind of going on off the pitch, where you know, they're trying to improve things like the stadium and, and the training ground on the pitch. You no, know, you've read those numbers out there. I mean, that's that's clear as day. Um, I mean, he made improvement, big improvements last season. To actually get into his second season as a manager and make those kind of improvements again is huge credit to him. I mean, he's. <laughs> In terms of what you'd want for your manager, in terms of developing players, uh, assembling a squad, you know, competing on uh, different fronts, Gerard's ticking every box. The only box he basically hasn't ticked is getting silverware, and that's got to, you know, for Rangers as a club and their supporters. That obviously has to be the that's got to be the last step, and that that's got to happen this season. Listen, I, I know and understand the desire from Rangers fans to have silverware. But I've always felt, conversely, that fairness is important when it comes to a job that a manager has to do. And for me, the position that Rangers were in when Steven Gerrard walked through the door, it's not that fair to ask him to deliver trophies within the first two years. Now, that's the hope 
for Rangers fans. That's the desire. But what is fair is to say we want to see year-on-year progress. Yeah. And for me, he's delivering that in spades. And that, that shows you that he is a good manager, that he's a, a very talented coach. And yeah. he is developing year by year as a manager as well. You know, there was a lot made of the fact that he was a rookie, that he was quietly terrified, etc., etc., etc. Your pal will not like you for that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's proven to be hogwash. Listen, I, I agree with most of what you're saying. And no, you're right. What I would say is, though, maybe it isn't fair to ask him to go and win a title in those two years. Yep. No, but it's over. No, so many games and you know, you've got to shuffle the squad and you no, know, he's coming into a, a league that he doesn't know, etc., etc. All of those things might might have been unfair to say within two years we need a we need a title. What I would say is though, I don't think it's that unfair to say he should have a trophy in those two years, whether it be a league cup or a Scottish cup. No, with all due respect to the opposition in Scotland, I'm not saying any trophies easy to win, but in the league cup, for instance. Well, you've got four games to win a four games to win a trophy. I mean, so far Rangers have had these five and Livingston, and they're in a semi-final against Hearts. I think fans, no, are probably within their rights given the money that Rangers have spent and that progress that you're talking about. No, I think within two years, Stephen Gerrard himself will be pretty disappointed if he's not got some sort of trophy, whether that's a title or not. Um, He'll want to have lifted a lifted a cup for for Rangers in those two years. Okay, we're going to move on very very quickly to the final point of the agenda, which is the fact that Rangers are scouting or have been certainly looking at Lawrence Shankland. Yep, striker in the Championship. I think he's got fifteen goals already this season. He's got thirteen and seven in the Championship. On fire, just called up to the Scotland squad today. The first player I think since uh, Ian Black to be called up from a lower uh, league yep. team and I watched a little bit of him yesterday I've not seen Shankland live um, this season for Dundee United but what I did was go back and watch a lot of his play goals from all types of areas of the pitch can header the ball can take the ball down can play as uh, not as necessarily as a target man but he can do that part of the game but he's also deadly deadly in the air great header of the ball in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net um, you saw his goal against Inverness I'm sure online he takes a touch does a Michael Moles-esque turns that's the only way I can describe it and lashes the ball with his, his different his wrong foot his left foot and then against um, Mor- Morton on Saturday he picks up the ball in his own half runs at the defence goes past two players what it's a 60 yard run and puts the ball into the net he's a guy with talent but is that talent transferable to the Premiership Scott that's the question I think it is, Johnny. Um, listen, Lawrence Shanklin's always been a goal scorer. No, we, we spoke earlier on about you know, your McCoys and Chris Boyd and people like that. Just having that natural instinct for, for goals, I think Shanklin's got that. Uh, I watched him a good few years ago now. Um, I don't know if you remember Scotland under 21s were without a manager Danny Lennon came in for like one I think he'd one or two games yeah. Danny kind of interim manager it was an away game in Hungary and first time I'd seen Lawrence Shanklin in the flesh came off the bench Scotland, Scotland were a goal down came off the bench with 15 minutes to go scored two just sniffed out sniffed out two goals and at that point I thought no, who's this who's this boy no I Liked what I saw. 
Um, he's the first to admit that he went through a spell in his career after being released by Aberdeen, where you no know, maybe his mentality wasn't wasn't quite right. I think everybody's seen that he had that kind of goal scoring knack, but his fitness wasn't good enough. I say mentality maybe wasn't wasn't what it should have been, which listen can happen with young players when no you think or they think they're on the verge of making it. No, he's at Aberdeen, he's a couple of loan spells, scores a few goals, thinks he's going to make the breakthrough, but is then is then released. He had a spell where he was out the game, out the game altogether. But I know having spoken to him and having interviewed him, no, he kind of looked at himself, looked at his career, made changes. Started started effectively being a a personal trainer to to himself. No, did a personal trainer course, got himself properly fit, and in the last couple of years has taken his game on to another level. I know coaches who are close to him and have worked with him uh, every day at different clubs, and they can't believe the difference in him in the last kind of eight, eighteen months, which is all credit to to himself. Um, and I'm not surprised that he's scoring this amount of goals, albeit in the championship. Um, I think he can do it in the Premiership. People always ask me now, um, oh, just in the last week, I've had people saying, oh, I, mean, I can't believe none of the Premiership teams... You were saying it last season, to be it. fair. Yeah. You, you were talking about Rangers last season. Listen, pre- Premiership teams should have been looking at them at air. To be fair, to if you take the old firm out of the equation, people are saying, why hearts or hubs? No going sign. To be fair to them, no, I think Dundee United are paying him well. He's in a very good contract yeah. at United. I think there were other clubs. Well, I was going to interested. say that, Scott. There was a, an understanding in the in the media from my point of view that he was on his way to Swansea. Yeah. It was a sort of fait accompli. Well, he's going to Swansea. I, I think the likes of Swansea and Sunderland and you no know, other Scottish teams, Scottish Premiership teams were, were interested. But Dundee United, to their credit, Obviously, with a wee bit of money, new owners coming in, you know, that desperation to get back to the, the Premiership, you know, that necessity to get back to the top flight. They've almost kind of no, no put all their eggs in one basket, but they made a big commitment to Lauren Shank and believing that he could be the guy that's going to file him into the, the Premiership. You know, almost irrespective of how well other players in the team are doing. And at the moment, with this goal return, that's exactly what he's... What he's doing, I don't think I've no listen. I've no seen United that much, but I mean, I don't. I'm not hearing people saying United are playing scintillating football and they're blowing teams away with their play. I think they're blowing teams away by Shankland's they're, goals. They're feeding Shankland well. Yeah, you've got the fullbacks pushed up, overlapping, uh, good delivery into the box, and Shankland's obviously deadly in that situation. Yeah. But as I said, he scores all types of goals. Yeah, so he'll score goals from nothing, and in, as well as he'll score tappings. And in terms of Rangers scouting them I mean <laughs> Rangers should be scouting them along with Celtic and others I think it is I think it is a bit of an indictment if Rangers are only starting to have a look at them now because if you go and try and buy them now it's going to cost you a lot more than it would have done a year ago he's been called into the Scotland squad that's going to add value on him again there'll be more no, if Swansea and Sunderland were interested when he was at air there's going to be more English clubs interested now, so no, I don't want to be too critical. But the old firm 
Uh, obviously, no, Rangers and Celtic. Um, obviously, we're, we're talking about Rangers. Rangers should have been looking at Lauren Shankland. It is a big a year eighteen. It's, a, it's a big judgment call to make, though, to take somebody from here and yeah, say oh, listen, we're going to we're going to put you I'm in. I'm not saying go and sign them then, but they should yeah. have been scouting them then. I mean, they should know. I think they were, though, they, they should they should know all about them. Um, and in terms of the outlay that it would have cost to get them from here, to me, it would have been a no-brainer. Um, if you think of Rangers going to sign a Kyle Lafferty for, for Hearts and you know, the money that they spent on that signing that, that clearly didn't work out I don't think it was personally I don't think Kyle Lafferty was a guy Stephen Gerrard really wanted that much they just felt as if they had to get a third striker in you know, Kyle Lafferty was known to them he'd kind of been there done it before he was a different type to what they had but let's be honest, it turned out to be a disaster financially and in a in a football sense, that move. It would have cost far, far less to go and get Shankland and give him a platform and get him in working beside guys like Morelos or Defoe or whoever and try and bring him try and bring him on. Uh, of course it's a gamble. I'm not saying he would have made it at Ibrox, I'm not saying he'd be would be ousting Morelos out of the team just now. But I just think for the outlay, the profile of the player, no, I think he's a Rangers fan that all no which always should help. I'm surprised Rangers didn't go and take him in the You better hope he doesn't sign for Celtic. Uh, no, well <laughs> I'm just I'm surprised Rangers didn't go and or didn't take a chance on him in the in the summer. And ultimately if they want him now no reports obviously in the last couple of days that they watched him at the, at the weekend that's fine, but if they want him now, it's going to cost them far, far more. Especially if he gets a, if he gets a cut of caps for Scotland. Okay, Scott, thanks for that. We're going to call it a day there. We'll be back next mid, well, next week. I was going to say next midweek, but I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. We're going to be back next week with a podcast. We might uh, come to you after the Young Boys game if it's a particularly dramatic Possibly. one. Possibly, if we can, if we can do that, we will. Um, but otherwise, we'll be back next week. Um, to continue the debate, you can speak to myself on at Johnny R. McFarlane on Twitter. You can speak to Scott at Scott McDermott 8. Until next time, thanks for listening. Fire, on the edge of the wire, on the edge of desire.